0: Warriors Life Podcast 2024 Episode Two. I'm Will Evans, and uh, very excited about first Warriors head out of the year. Tiger trial against West Tigers in Christchurch on Sunday. Um, even more exciting though, uh, Fonzie's debut or debut for the year on the podcast. I know that you guys have been champing at the bit to see him come back, and uh, here he is. How are you, Fonzie? Hey, Will. Good day, everyone. Yeah,
1: great to be back for 2024 um yeah how, how's the rust world Are you feeling a bit rusty on the mic or that hit out with brad sort of clear the cobwebs and you,
0: you're rolling i'm still feeling a bit rusty mate i uh it was actually quite a nice uh hit out with brad but uh certainly not certainly not um flowing that well i actually pre-recorded a 30 for 30 last night and jesus weird sitting there recording by yourself i don't know how you used to do it mate yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. I was hoping you'd do that live, mate. I was just, uh, just, yeah. You were interested to see it. Now, look, it's great to be back. I feel like um, as soon as we hit that point of a week out from the first trial, it was time to end the hibernation and and get back into it. It's been good. Um, we got a team list to talk through, which I think is really interesting team list in terms of what it means for round one. I've been putting some stuff up on Twitter to get people's opinions about which way they think webby will or should go around money in some positions and some interesting things come out of that so i want to talk that through um but yeah otherwise it's uh it's our first look at what this team's going to be about in 2024 what's going to be different and uh, it's exciting times
0: uh before we crack into it uh the podcast brought to you by the legends at king's container crew all of your container packing and unpacking solutions in sydney brisbane melbourne Perth, uh, Auckland, Hamilton, and Christchurch. A uh, great bunch of guys, huge Warriors fans, and have been fantastic supporters of this Warriors life uh, since last year. Uh, thank you, Kings. KingsSantanicfruit.com. That's Kings with a Z. And we have plenty more from those boys throughout the year. Um, shall we run through this teamless bonds? Do you want me to just punch it out 1-17, to 17, and then you can uh, wow us with your... Thoughts and um, musings. Yeah, punch it out, mate, and then we'll start cutting it up. Okay, so um, just one interesting point to note: uh, ten of the uh, seventeen last year, ten of the players in the seventeen that will play on Sunday were in the seventeen that played West Tigers in the corresponding trial last year. Uh, starting at fullback Tain Toalpiki, who we obviously know a lot more about now, uh, on the wing Situ two, and Marcelo Montoya. He's actually going to captain the side this weekend. Centre uh, pairing that a lot would quite like to see in round one: Ali Latuwa and Roger Tuavasa Shek, Halves: Chanel Tarasveta and Luke Metcalf with Tomate Martin uh, over with the Maori All Stars um, in the front row. Bunty Afoa and Tom Arley teaming up with Freddie Lussek at hooker. Back row of Jackson Ford, Jacob Laban and Kalani Going, and on the interchange, uh, Eddie Iramia Tuava and Zion Ma'u. Uh, Tanner Stowers-Smith, the local boy down here in Canterbury, uh, and Leka Halasima, and then a extended reserves bench. I'll quickly uh, knock those out. Patrick Moimoi, Itewati Fuka. fuka, uh, fuka, fuka. Apologies, apologies for some of these uh, butchering of the names, which I'm not too familiar with. Tony Tupanua, uh, Satili's brother. Fonz has just uh, informed me of before we started, uh, Ben Farr, Luke Hansen, the young playmaker from Penrith, uh, Milo Graham, Graham Taufa, who played in that Tigers game last year as well, Geronimo Doyle, <laughs> Quinlan Tupo and Paul Roach, who debuted late last season first grade. Uh, so yeah, that's our team. Fonts, uh, plenty of talking points, but what grabbed your attention um, first and foremost?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's a good team, isn't it? Like, so mm. this, this is, the first trial is usually pretty much kids in reserves. Um, and for that, it's a really good team. So the first thing you notice when you look at it is how good our depth is this year, which we already knew, but you can see it here in black and white, right? So start by um, talking about who wasn't available because of All-Stars duty. You touched on it. So we got Jazz, Mari Martin, Walker, and Adam Pompey who are all in the NRL All-Stars Maori team. So <clears throat> we've sort of, some. so there's a question around um, you know, do you read into this team that someone who's picked here isn't first string? Um and that's a bit harder to do because of the all stars issue, where you know you don't know who we would have picked if those players were available. But if we start, um, if we start from the back, so Talpiki is obviously our first drop fullback, although um, Rog gives that option if we want to use him that way. But um, you know, we all know what Talpiki can do. Then Setu 2, So this is going to be, I think the reserve right edge on the weekend, said to who he's been around the system for a long time, right? And always been a really good um, carrier of the ball, always been a bit suspect in D and maybe work rate. So he's one of these ones where if he's had a, a good preseason, good stint under Webby and Slade before that, Slade Griffin, he might um, actually be someone who, you know, accelerates faster than you think um, in in sort of development. But anyway, so that's... um. That's a really interesting right edge. He's picked Ali Leotawa at right center. Um, and on the other side, he's picked Rog and Marcello Montoya. And so obviously Rog and Marcello are first grade starters, I think. And so I think he's what he's doing here is he's picked the left edge that he intends to start the year with because he knows Roger's gonna need time learning center play and learning to um, get some reps up with that left edge. So I think I take this to mean that it's settled. Roger's going to start the year at left edge centre. Marcello's going to start the year at left edge left winger. And he's picked these two in this first trial and he will again in the next trial to give them time together to start building that combo. And I think you can probably say, because he's picked um, Ford as well, you, can, you might be able to say the same thing about Ford, um, which is that Ford's been picked even though he's a first-grade starter, he's been picked in this game. So that whole left edge from back rower right through to, to Rog, get some time working together, get some combinations together. Um, and, you know, it's a bit of a – to me, that's an indicator of what's going to happen in round one in first grade. I could be wrong. got no inside oil on it. But I, I think I'm reading that as we're going forward, left edge, back rower, Rog left centre, Marcello Left wing. What do you reckon? Do you, do you take it that way, or do you think that you know this? We might still not be that settled yet, and this could just be a trial to see what happens. Well,
0: that's the that's the way you'd sort of read it, wouldn't you? Um, and you know, we we kind of assumed that that Roger and, and Montoya would be the would be that combination uh, anyway. Um, and yeah, same with Ford. We're assuming he's going to be in the same spot he was last year. Uh, do you think there's anything to read into? the uh, numbering of Chanel Harris-DeVita and Luke Metcalf that might give us any clues about round one, Whereas obviously Metcalf was 5-8 playing left edge when he was uh, in the team last year, um, but Chanel is the number six here, when I kind of thought that Chanel was more than nat- that more natural um, number seven of those two. Yeah, I, I had the same reaction. So I know Luke
1: has aspirations to be a seven, and okay. he's Thought of as someone who potentially can be a seven, but right now his game is more as a running six, you know. I think, but yeah, I am reading that to mean they're seeing Metcalf as Shawnee's cover and as the player who's going to be the dominant half if Shawnee goes down. Um, and CHT's in that six role on that left side. Now we don't know though is CHT ahead of or behind Temare because Temare is on the All Stars um call up. I suspect he's behind Tenmari because he's been a year off the game and so on. So I think it's an opportunity to give Chanel a run and get some minutes under his belt back in the game. Um, And if he is potentially the first drop six behind Tenmari, it gives him some time to get some combination with the rest of that left edge. But yeah, that's the part of the left edge I think that um, is not necessarily first grade because Tenmari is not available for selection.
0: It's um, interesting to see quite a few of the predicted round one lineups and not ne- that necessarily means anything at all, but a lot of them have, well most of them have Luke Metcalf as your starting six, which I found curious to me, I thought he was probably, you know, or definitely definitely not first in line anyway for, for the number six, but yeah see how it plays out.
1: Well, I ran a Twitter poll, which, you know, got pretty good response rate, a couple of hundred people, and about, it was like 50% said, Luke at six, 40% said Temate and 10% said Chanel, right, so that is the, uh, it's close, but most people are thinking, Luke, and I think Teet's sort of friend of the show, Teet NRL, said that he he looks at it and thinks um, Metcalf has a higher ceiling, so if we're all in for 2024 and we're putting all the chips in to get as high a ceiling as we can, you're probably going, Luke, and I think that's not about actually, it's not a bad thought line, but I'd be playing Teammare. I think he's um, the the right option to start the year with at least.
0: Yeah, I still talked about a couple of times. We thought that Metcalf, you know, he was sensational on a team uh, running downhill, but maybe in some of those tighter games or the games where we weren't uh, going so well, um, didn't quite shine or found wanting in a couple of areas. But yeah, different strengths, all three of them, and be fascinating to see how it plays out and whether one of them ends up on the bench too. just before you move off that so
1: as well this year we're going to have roger as a strike run threat on that left edge right so it's a different dynamic like there was not much doing on that left edge last year and now the key kind of skill set in good ball on that left edge is can you get roger the ball he needs where he needs it and i think tomato can do that really well um so like do you need metcalf's speed and run threat Inside Roger, or do you need someone who's going to get Roger right into the right position using their experience and so on to do that? I think that probably gives Tamara a bit of an edge for me.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, and I, you know maybe Chanel uh, with a year out from the game might be an area where he's sort of uh, yeah. a little bit behind the other two, or, or certainly tomato. But um, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Luke and and Adam Pompey didn't quite have a you know a seamless combination um, last year. There's a couple of good moments, but it all seemed a bit, uh, yeah, a little bit clunky. Was it was yeah, clunky. It was clunky. Yeah, um, yeah. Fascinating. I can't wait to see how the, their roles uh, unfold on Sunday and going forward um, into the pack Fons. Mm.
1: Yeah, so Bunti and Tomiale starting, which is what we did against the Tigers last year, isn't it? Um, I think same thing.
0: So yeah, interested to see how they go. Do you have either of them in your s17 at this point? Um, yeah, for me they're probably. I, I haven't actually sat down and, and done a seventeen for a bit, yeah. but I'm. A, and I guess a lot of it uh, hinges on Nukore how he's going to be used. Um, probably got one of them in my seventeen, and yeah, flip of the coin for both of them in trial form could dictate it. Uh, Tomale had an absolute blinder in this game against a much weaker. Tigers pack uh, last summer, 180 meters last year. He was close to the best player on the field, I thought. And um, but this week he's up against Klima, uh, Atokamano, and yeah, and, and uh, a few other handy forwards as well. But um, yeah, huge audition for both of them, I think, this weekend.
1: Yeah, it is. I'm just scrolling through to bring up the results of the Twitter poll I did on the front row rotation. Um, but here it is. So. 50%, wait, 70% of people who responded on this bomb, there's quite a few, had as their four first grade props, AFB, Barnet, Torku, and Nyokore, right? So so they had a in rotation that didn't include, 70% of people who responded, don't have R4 or Ale in there. So if you're going in with an idea that uh, Nyokore is gonna be part of your prop rotation, I think you struggle to squeeze either of these guys into you starting 17. Now, injury is going to upset that straight away. So these guys are going to see plenty of um, first grade through the year because props get injured um, pretty regularly. But, yeah, I, I probably don't think these guys start for me. I think these are our um, sort of number five, six props in the club at the moment.
0: It's not a bad position to be in if that's the way. <laughs> Very good I'm position. For those two because they see themselves as first graders. But, um, yeah, great debt. Yeah. Um
1: and that's before he even mentioned jazz as well as a possible prop option. Um and it's again not available for this game. So Freddie Lusick at nine, uh makes sense. He's you know second drop hooker, he can play big minutes, he'll probably run the 80, I would have thought. Do it. Do you know if any of these benchies are um hooker cover? So um, Eddie Eddie is not really a hooker, is he? He's more kind of a is he kind of a back row slash hooker?
0: Yeah, I'm not, I don't know too much about him. I'll uh, just look up his. Um,
1: I mean, Paul Roach is in the extended reserve, so they could swap him in and give him a run there. Yeah.
0: So, so, yeah and and
1: Foucafouca is there as well. So, yeah, okay, so the extended bench has plenty of cover. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just looking at, um, at Eddie's uh, New South Wales Cup stats last year and he's yeah, sort of more an interchange and, and had won, uh, one game at, uh, starting in the second row, so not. Know too much more about him, um, but yeah, Freddie Lussek. Any chance? Uh, for, obviously, we knew, we know that um, that we'd be like to carry Sirenin or Lussek on the bench last year rather than you know dabble with anyone else as a potential dummy half cover. Is there any chance that Lussek can can get a bench spot?
1: Yeah, so I, I don't have room for him because I've got you've got Walker on your bench who's your sort of thirteen slash utility. And I also think he's going to play CHT on the bench. Um, and if you do that, CHT is your hooker cover and other things too. Um, and I think there's there's more you can do with CHT on the bench than with Freddie. And I, I think we've seen enough of CHT to know he can do 20 minutes of hooker if Wade's getting tired or concussed. Um, so I probably don't see him as a as part of the first 17. He's obviously first drop starting hooker if there's an injury. Um, what do you reckon?
0: You've got the same? Or- yeah, I, I'd much prefer a, a more versatile type. I mean, you, you could plug a gap at lock if you needed to, but he's pretty much an out-and-out hocker, whereas, you know, Serenon had a, a few more strings to his bow. Uh, I'd definitely like to see yeah someone a bit more versatile offering that dummy half cover. The only thing that sort of thinks he, he may have a chance of was of CH, CHT gets a starting half spot and and we he was pretty reluctant. Well I don't think we saw it all, uh Walker or Tavanga going into dummy half uh, last yep. year. Yep. So yeah. Uh, but you know, good to, again a good first drop player to have on oh, yeah. the squad. he can do the job even if he's no weight Egan. Yeah, he's
1: a he's, he's a really good player to have starting New South Wales Cup every week.
0: Um
1: so then back row so it's for I think left, although the numbering is as usual for Warriors all over the place, is numbered the opposite side to Rog. But I think you'll play left. Um, Jacob Laban on the other side, and Kalani Going at thirteen. Um, so we know Laban and Going are um, probably not in first grade it's the best 17 calculation. Although you know Going in particular is not that far off. Um, yeah, Ford's the interesting one there. Do you, do you think, like, if Nicore is going to play prop, as most people on the Twitter poll at least think, um, that means even if Nicore does do a stint on the um, edge as well, that means you are going to play Ford and Capewell as your main second second rowers, edge second rowers. And I think, like I said, I think that's why he's here. He's going to play on that left edge with Rog.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and that seems, the consensus seems to be they're likely, you know, sort of, the, the plan would be at them as 80-minute second rowers, unless, you know, something was to happen to cause a reshuffle, but you said in the past that, you know, Ford tends to go better as an 80-minute player rather than having a, a stint off. Um, yeah, so that's, that's probably the way i assume it's going to go, really looking to see how Jacob Laban goes. Um He's, he's getting a fair few raps from mm. even guys like uh, from Webster publicly plugging him as a first grader of the future. So yeah. um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't debut at some point this year, if, you know, okay. unless they have an unbelievably good run with injuries. I think he uh, probably yeah, squeezes squeezes a couple of games here and there, or even more if if we do get some injuries. So big opportunity for him, and you know, I think he took that in the corresponding game last year. He's just still a young fella, Kalani going, but bit older, but um, had yeah had his debut against the Dolphins in that sort of understrength team uh, in the last round last year and um, a yeah, bit of a leader for that um, New South Wales Cup side. But for me, he's probably a yeah, depth player and more going to be a New South Wales Cup mainstay again. Yeah, and if we see
1: Ford run out and start playing on the right, now, I think that's really interesting then because it means I'm wrong about the idea that he's going to play left on Rogers' side and that would then mean we're probably looking at a Capewell left um, and your quarter right, which means I've got the prop rotation wrong too, right? So that's something to watch. Where does Ford come out? Which side does he play? If he plays right, then, um, you know, the whole theory I've got going here is is off base and we learn a lot from that. If he plays left, I think that, you know, that tells you something, too. Yeah, and uh, we sort of won't roll through the bench, I think. I mean, we mentioned all those guys. So, I mean, I'm keen to see Lekahalasuma get a run because he is one of these players who could be anything, and most of the players who could be anything end up being nothing, right? But but he could be anything. He's uh, he's pretty unique, actually, the way he you look at his highlight clips and he moves a bit differently to most other players, very explosive. Um you know, like it looks just a gun edge back rower. So keen to see him. Um it's a bit of talk that Tanner's tanner Stella Smith was leaving the club in the off season. I heard that, you know, as yeah. you hear these sort of things um unofficially. And so I'm pleased to see it's not because um he's still there because he's you know, there's something about him that's good too. Zion's really close to first grade, I think. Um, yeah. Keen to see the young fellas.
0: Yeah, those two, Zion again. Uh, with with Laban is, is a guy that they talk about as a, you know, being very much on the cusp of the NRL and, yeah, big hulking unit. Hopefully he kicks on from a personal point of view, Tanner Smith just, you know, the, the prospect of a genuine Canterbury Canterbury Junior that's come through the grades of the Warriors. Be great to see, make First grade, he's uh, still a few weeks off, not, uh, 20, I believe, yeah, right. SG, SG, ball, SG ball captain last year, played 13 games a New South Wales Cup and you know looked at home there, had some some really strong games. So great opportunity for him to play in front of um, plenty of family and friends, I imagine, this weekend. He's uh Canterbury Rugby League royalty, his great great grandfather, great grandfather, sorry. Um just one great uh, is Pat Smith, um, former Kiwi captain of the forties and fifties, who uh the grand final trophy is named after. Um oh wow. So yeah, so it's uh Pretty exciting, I guess, for for the CRL community down here to see um, see him with the Warriors jersey on him and, and making a bit of a name for himself. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And the Tigers have picked really close to full strength team, right? So this is this is going to be a genuine hit out for our guys. Um, yes. So Tagio Price, Price, who engages with us a fair bit on uh, Twitter, said pointed out that there was um nine players from last year's around 2017 at uh, 2017 in this um tigers trial 17 so yeah um the, there's a few survivors from last year but who have you know kicked on in a tough year for the tigers asu uh, kapoa junior tupo um stephano obviously went and had a new south wales debut uh for no and Darren then unknown jaren, jaren Buller. Um, came yeah. off the bench in that game. And he's obviously their uh, number one fullback now. And yeah, and then adding guys like Clema, Isaiah Papali, Um Yeah. Yeah, the, the new halves combination of um, Jaden Sullivan and Aiden Caesar, both their first head out for the club. Um, yeah, certainly a more formidable team than, than the one that got pumped 48-12 at Mount Smart last season.
1: Well, that whole forward pack is their absolute first grade side, right? I mean, there's yeah,
0: I mean, Utuokamano, we'll Coruscant. Clemard, man for man, it's, it's better. Oh, by far. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, Coruscant, I don't even mention him, but yeah, New South I Wales hookers. So. New South Wales hookers there, former New South
1: Wales front rower. Uto Kamano is, you know, clearly a rep level player. Um, Papaliki, we all know. Kepoas, yeah, I mean, that's a hell of a pack. Um, objectively looking at it, you'd say our pack's really going to struggle there. They should get over the top of us. it interesting be interesting. Um, I mean, if they can't get over the top of our reserve growth pack, then <laughs> you know they've got massive problems, really. Um, their backline less so. So I'm expecting Rog and Ali and those boys to light it up um, if they can get a little bit of good ball, a little bit of space. And we probably don't want to get too excited over, you know, running over some of the Tigers Cup boys. But uh, yeah, interesting matchup. Interesting matchup. You'd expect them to in the middle of the field and us to be counter punching through those backs.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously, storyline of uh Benji bringing a team over here as first sort of um, meaningful game as a as a West Tigers head coach, so plenty to look forward to. Apparently 12,000 tickets pre-sold um by as of a uh, Wednesday, so should have a, a bit of a bumper crowd, I'm sure a few will roll up. Um, on the day as well, which is huge, given we've got another game in round three uh, coming up. I think it was 12,000 for the Storm trial in Christchurch last year, which was seen as a major success. So, and it looks like they'll cruise past that figure. Um, it should be a good atmosphere down there on Sunday afternoon. What's it hold? What's capacity? Um, it's about 17 or 18, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah so um, we're, we're, we're close to a sellout really if it was 12 a few days ago with mm, 13 14 now yeah. you get a couple of walk-ups and yeah you're, you're close to yeah, wow that's really good mm-hmm. yeah man it's um sure. it's all firing warriors i mean there's it's just um non-stop good news everywhere you look at the moment um cam george was talking the other day about how the memberships are going they're pretty much sold out of all corporate hospitality at mount smart um you know the um, memberships are coming off a real low base because of COVID so they're having to rebuild that almost from scratch so they're actually a bit lower than you might think given the you know love and support for the club that exists at the moment but that's just because people sort of lost the habit of being members I think while the club was overseas and so I think that'll turn around um, we've got all the grades back I mean I've said it before on here and, and on Twitter and I'll say it again you know like Robbo went from wherever he was to being the best owner we've ever had at the stroke of a pen when he funded all those junior teams coming back in because for the first time we have a proper pathway set up um, that's a real stable base for the club. And so that's <clears throat> that's awesome. That's already kicked off with the SG Paul guys got to win on the weekends. Um so yeah, it's it's uh it's it's good times. I mean, are you feeling any PTSD this year? Like you know, last year there was always this
0: kind of "it's too good to be true." When's it going to fall over? Is that all gone? You have got a trace of it? Where I uh, No, yeah, I don't think there's PTSD. I think um, I still there's still a sense of being like emotionally drained by how unbelievably great everything was last year and, and yeah. the ride that we're on. Obviously, you know, we've, we put a lot of time and effort into covering it, um, and it was intense. Um, yeah and yeah it's yeah, yeah. still still regrouping a little bit from that and there's just yeah there's a little bit bit of a sense that you know maybe you know and obviously win the grand final like will will anything ever be as good as that was because it was just so um you know so emotionally fulfilling um but you know if as long as we can stay sort of up around that, Contender, you know, even second-tier contender area. That's uh, a pretty good result from where the club was at, and yeah, really excited for what we've got to look forward to. Uh, Roger and Chanel coming back. There's uh, yeah, there's plenty to be pumped about. All great noises again coming out of the club uh, with Andrew Webster and and the way he's talking. Good uh, you see Slay Griffin get promoted from his New South Wales Cup uh, coach into the first grade. Uh, staff and for Justin Morgan, um, and just little things like the heritage jersey. 18 minutes they took to sell to sell out. Um, you know, and just and again, one New Zealand kicking goals taking their logo off it just so it yeah. looks exactly like the 95 away jersey. Um, yeah, smart
1: business, yeah. man. Smart business, and, and good on he him. Got more
0: yeah. yeah more publicity out of that than he would have if he left the uh, logo on. So yeah, genius move, really. Uh, but yep. yeah, it's just all exciting and it's all getting incredibly close. Only um, what have we got? Three weeks until from this weekend. Well, yeah, from tomorrow, three weeks until round one, Cronulla and Mount Smart. So super excited, mate. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing for me is so last year
1: I went in like, wrongly with the uh, okay, we're back home, we're starting a three to five year rebuild. Let's not put too much pressure on Webby set realistic expectations, right? Webby came on our show and said, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And, you know, look what happens. Um, But so this year though, when you look at um, from Blake's leaving, Todd and Sean aren't getting any younger, I think most people look at it and go, this is kind of our shot. I don't think we've got a shot next year. So we have to approach this year and our preview and look at games in terms of you know, how do we win this comp, right? So what decisions, when we're looking at selection and all that, it's got to be around what selection wins the comp this year, like now. Um, and so if that means taking some risks to get the upside to win the comp, kind of like what Teese was saying about Metcalf, then I don't actually agree with that call, but I think that mentality's right. We've got to be doing the things and making the calls that can win a comp this year.
0: Um, yeah, because this is our shot. Yeah, 100%, so they're not, you know, you're not developing. It's not about developing no. players. Yeah, you're picking teams to win games each weekend. And I know that, um, you know, the, the club's probably, well, the coaching staff isn't thinking about the other teams too much. Um, and I know you're really high on the Broncos. I think they could potentially just have a, a little bit of a... Um, it's just wind it back a little bit. They've got a really tough draw to start the year. They've lost four members of their grand final team without signing anyone. Panthers have lost another couple. I just think there is a real opportunity here yeah, for yeah. us to close that gap on them. Um, you know, it's something they're going to be incredibly hard to beat, and they're still ahead of us at the moment as it stands now, but there's just that little, uh, yeah, just the door ajar for the Warriors to steam in and win their first comp, I reckon.
1: Did you see, see the Broncos? Tackling each other and carrying on like Porteous the other night. <laughs> Walsh, <laughs> yeah, you
0: know?
1: I mean, because yeah. with with the Bronx, I mean, the reason I'm hiring them is I like, there's just so much talent there, and if they get yeah. that growth, and sometimes those guys, especially like in them getting loose like that, I don't actually consider it a negative in terms of the year. Like a, a group of young guys, you know, carrying on like that, you know, like that that sort of that can go walsh both ways and, but
0: the walsh and harsh involvement harsh involvement and in that was uh looking almost like, pissed, so, <laughs> yeah yeah,
1: yeah uh, but, you know play hard work work hard play hard sort of thing but yeah i I, yeah i do you know um certainty to improve i just think there's you know a lot of potential to improve there and um yeah we i mean if we can get our left edge going as good as our right edge we're gonna be hard to stop okay you know? mm. so yeah um Anyway, let's not do the full preview now. Um, what do we want to talk about next? Hey, you mentioned Canterbury and Christchurch um, and so on. There's been a bit of noise around the South Island NRL bid. Um, I know you're in contact with people around the bid, and I won't, you know, I mean, they're sort of probably got some information they're going to share over time down the line. But um, yeah, I, I just sort of, I, I, I mean, I've been on here talking about. PNG as a um, an important development option and I've always said that that's not instead of for example a South island team you know I think PNG enables other development because of the players it brings into the game and um, to me the logical endpoint is something like 20 teams or like medium long, medium term endpoint is 20 teams and if it was me they'd be Perth, second New Zealand PNG right and there's your 20. Um, yeah,
0: yeah what, what's your again without
1: sort of spilling beans? What's your sort of sense of how that
0: bit's getting organised? Yeah, well, after having a bit more of a, a chat with the people involved, I'm super impressed with the way they're going about it and and some of the things that they they have in the works and the and they're hoping to uh, announce in the next you know in the coming weeks and, and months. Um, you know, if it all falls into place, it's a it's a pretty compelling bid. Obviously, investment um, and ownership is the the biggest stumbling block um, which is you know something that the png bid just has you know yeah. tenfold over everyone else um, but everything else I think um, you know makes a lot of sense um there's a lot of sort of goodwill about it even even around the country not necessarily not necessarily just uh, in the south island uh, a lot of the districts getting behind it um, as well and even you know, it was encouraging. Cameron George was, you know, fairly circumspect about it on on news Ch- news talk. The other, I'd say, you know, maybe the Warriors would probably prefer they were the only show in town, but uh, they certainly weren't opposed to a, a South Island team by the sounds of it. Um, and he did make some good points about, you know, New Zealand is a lot smaller pond commercially, and yeah, yeah. And, um, I don't think fan base wise necessarily too much of a, a problem, but um, yeah, certainly. You know the commercial pool to to dip into is um, is a lot smaller um, than Australia, for instance. So uh, that's yeah. um, it was something to consider. But yeah, I mean, I think there is room for them. There's, you know, the idea of, a, of that derby is tantalising. Um, you know, it could be great if the Warriors continue on their same trajectory. And I just I think if this this uh, South Island bid is successful, I think they have done their homework and their due diligence and getting the right people involved. Um, to, for it to be um, a success. And, yeah, it's exciting for the game, not just down here, but in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, Cam's got his
1: job to do and so on, and Warriors fans, you know, we're, we're entitled to be a bit protective of the Warriors. But to me, big picture, it's it's clearly better in the long run for the Warriors to have a second team. And the reason for that is is got to have, tw- like, assuming they have a junior pathway like the Warriors do now, you can have twice as many Kiwi kids coming through that pathway. We know how hard it is to attract Aussies, right? But you're going to have two times as many first grade ready kids who um, can be drawn on. And I think that's a good thing um, as, as you come through. Then you've got um, the derby kind of effect of, you know, the clubs playing and stuff. But also the um, New Zealand, like the, the, the perception of the game in New Zealand would just go up a level you know, in its relative position compared to other codes will go up a level that I think sort of everyone wins off that. So you you like to think the Warriors would be having a diluted share of a bigger pie. Um, and, you know, that would probably be an overall a good thing. And, and just kind of make the game more sustainable um, in the country in the long term, which again is a good thing for the Warriors too. So that's kind of where my head's at
0: be worth mentioning and, and it is crazy after just one year, albeit an incredible year, of the Warriors. But if the Warriors had you know finished thirteenth, they're still, you know, in the in the first steps of a huge rebuild. If the South Island bid was trying to gather steam now, it would be so much harder but without yeah. without the Warriors flying. Um, but yeah, it does it does show how much people will get behind the game here if it's if it's going well. Um, yeah, the Warriors dropped off this year, for, uh, even for bid, But um, I think you know last year showed what, what's possible. And, um, and yeah, and I'm, I'm, I know that the South Island is, uh very conscious of um, yeah the piggybacking off the Warriors' success uh, per se. But you know, it's obviously a big part of um, of why they've been able to get a bit of traction over the last hmm. few months because they really have um, made quite a bit of headway, which is. Um, you know, full credit to them. They're putting in a shitload of time and resources into it. And um, yeah, believe they're a real chance. Meantime, the Melbourne Rebels are broke in administration yeah. and almost certainly going to fold, from
1: what I'm hearing. Um,
0: yeah, it's a mess.
1: Yeah, so interesting. You know, who would have thought two years ago um, we'd be talking about super rugby falling apart at the seams and NRL expanding into another two countries potentially? It's the. Good time to be a Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, as your landscape, all right. All right. So, what do we got? Uh, recruitment, just to touch on the fact that we still haven't signed a prop. <laughs> so, there was all that talk. Um, we tabled a big offer to Braden, Hamel, and Uello from the Sharks. Um, then it went quiet, and everyone thought, oh, cooling off period. We're just waiting. Still nothing.
0: Um, hmm. What do you think is happening? Yeah, I don't know. It's. You know, who knows where the where the whispers come from, but you would have thought that it's it's the sort of rumor that if it's true, it usually uh deal gets done by now. Um yeah. especially because you know we are definitely losing Adam. Um we've got all that money to spend. But yeah, who knows? Um yeah, Int- intrigued to see how that one unfolds. Um you obviously heard me and Brad stumble through our analysis of potentially him coming. What was your um Thoughts about him, you know, not necessarily a replacement for Adam or Blake as a as a gap filler.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I thought the number, if it was true, was overs for him by yeah. about twenty percent. Um, so I was kind like, of, oh, I'm not sure about this. I mean, what he can do, like if you look at what Adam does, he does big minutes. He's that first carry that, from a set start, can bend a line, <clears throat> get your momentum going. Brayden can do that as well, right? He he can, from a set start, physical presence can bend the line, get momentum going. Uh, If you've got a team on the back foot, Adam can bust the middle open, you know, so if you've got a fatigue to warn, he's, again, he's just that that big carry that can bust the middle open, Brayden can do that. So he um, replaces a part of what Adam can do and that none of our other props can do. So I, I get why he would be a good Um, fit, and then you'd need to pair in with someone who can do more work um, and sort of offset the big minutes that Adam does and all the rest of the work that Adam does. But um, So like it made sense to me that why you'd want him as part of your prop rotation, particularly if, say, Barney's going to be part of that prop rotation, a very different player, and um, looking at some of the younger guys and other guys we've got coming through. But I was was kind of like, I'm just not sure about that good use of cap. Um, but there's there's a shortage of props at the moment, so the market's distorted and you do have to pay overs for them. I think is the truth of
0: it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, your, your gut feeling is that we could do better with the money, but then if there's not anyone else on the market, then know, maybe yeah. we can't. Um, what is it? Yeah, we'll yeah. I, I don't see.
1: Policy. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I I don't see any of the young guys being ready in time, right, at the moment. So I, we're gonna have to buy someone. Um, maybe they're really high on new quarter coming through and um resolutioning into a prop by, you know, this year and into yeah. next year, and you know, maybe they're kind of like, well, new quarter is going to become a you – know, but I still think we're, we're one-shot anyway. <laughs> you know, we're probably um, – I don't think that's going to be quite enough. So, yeah, look, it's, it's a concern for next year, but we can worry about that later and sort of see what happens.
0: Yeah, and i, I still was about to turn 25 uh tom ale i still think he you know could yeah. potentially become the player that we need him to be yep. to be a you know regular so um yep. yeah there's 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 definitely still a few options within the club it's not like we're you know bereft of quality players and bunty for that matter you know could still do a job
1: bunty's bunty is what he is in my opinion which is a freaking club legend right but yeah, yeah, yeah. The AFB replacement.
0: No, um, it's not but.
1: And you you mentioned um, Sottile's bro coming across Tony Tufuhua, which was interesting. He sort of apparently came out of uh, your mate Molly. Um, reported that he's come out of Newcastle. They needed a roster spot. We got him next to nothing. So um, good depth. I mean, he's a New South Wales Cup signing for mine. Um, but it's uh, he's Kiwi, obviously. So. He's coming coming home, so yeah, it's. I don't think that's going to feature much in first grade
0: this year, but interesting. Yeah, I haven't been able to find much about him. Um, it looked like he was at, uh, Winner Manly for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously on the Knights on the nights books at the moment. Uh, similar build to Satili, uh, six foot five and ninety eight kilos, according to um, putting zero tackle, twenty four years old, so. Yeah, could be pretty handy person there at the club. How weird was that? He's
1: six five and ninety eight kilos. I'm ninety eight kilos. Bang. on I'm five eleven. <laughs> I mean, it made, me, it made me feel pretty ordinary. Got yeah. um, a, a string bean. What does Brad call Or ribs and something.
0: Ribs. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So speaking of Brad, we're gonna wheel him out sometime before pre-season again.
0: Yeah, actually I wish I'd um, wish I'd recorded the phone call we had this morning because he was all fired up as he tends to be in February about um you know about putting in and, and helping out the podcast what can I what more can I do um, but yeah no I think he I think he is pretty excited um, yeah if we are able to land the guests that we're hoping to next week he'll definitely be um, barred up to to pitch a few questions to him um, so hopefully that that pans out, but he's um, very excited about coming up to Christchurch for the for the uh, round three game. Bringing the whole fam up here for a couple of days looks um, so like he's going to come and stay, and we'll hopefully tee up something uh, with any um, with any TWL fans that might want to have a beer with us. Uh, actually, shout out to Adam Calso, who messaged me yesterday. Didn't realize he's a Patreon supporter. So, and thank you to all our Patreon supporters, of course. Um, didn't realise he was actually based in Christchurch, but, yeah, so we uh, meet face-to-face with him, and anyone else can just uh, drop us a line, and we'll take something up. Also, one of the King's Container Crew boys will be here, so very excited for that weekend. Sounds awesome, mate.
1: And just in case anyone gets ahead of themselves, it's not where we use the guests uh, next week, just so you know,
0: but it's, but it's going to be a good chat. Um, all right, anything else, Will? Ah, I think that'll just about do us, mate. We've got this uh, this sort of stumbling little 30 for 30 to come uh, for listeners after this. So, yeah, I guess I'll just take it away with that. But thanks, Fonz. Great to have you back on board for 2024, mate. Thank you again.
1: Awesome, mate. Go the Warriors. And here comes Will with his pre-recorded Polish segment.
0: Welcome to our second edition of 30 for 30, marking 30 years of the Warriors. Uh, our first one in the last episode, me and Brad broke down the hottest Warriors, caused a bit of controversy, uh, mostly for leaving Nathaniel Roach out, um, that was definitely an oversight. This one should be a bit less uh, contentious, it's uh, in honour of Roger Tua Vasishek and Chanel Harris-DeVita uh, making their return in the Warriors jersey at the trial against the Tigers on Sunday, uh, two stint Warriors, so any Warriors that... Uh, played first grade for the club, uh, went away somewhere else and came back. Uh, there is a few, and there'll be a few honourable mentions as well for players that didn't quite fit the criteria, but are somewhat adjacent. Uh, it's just me doing this one, Will Evans. That's a bit weird, just talking to myself. I know Fons used to do it. But anyway, I'll push on and uh, whip through these for you. So starting off the first two that... Uh, Played for the Warriors, went away and came back. Uh, uh, kind of linked Tony Tutupu and Nigel Wagner. Uh Now Tony Tutupu, obviously the uh, blockbusting second row enigma that was part of the Warriors' first ever team in 1995. Uh, played 95 and 96, 27 games, um, and went away to Warrington for the 97 Super League season as did nodge Wagner. Now, he was a, a, a an exciting young outside back, played just the one game for the Warriors in 1996, went away, uh, he's also in the reserve-grade grand final team, uh, went away, carved up for Warrington for a season over there, 21 tries in 24 games, uh, came back to the Warriors, um, as did Tony Titupu in 1998, to two, who stayed on till uh, the end of '99, um, left with 67 games for the Warriors under his belt. Nigel Wagner uh, came back and, yeah, really uh, kicked off his career there at the Warriors. 13 tries in '98, 12 tries in '99, and 12 tries in 2000. Uh, top try scorer in that last season for the club, played every game in a very difficult season, signed with the Bulldogs midway. Through the year and uh, carried on to become arguably the best centre in the game, two time M centre of the year, etc. etc. Kiwi's great. Um, but yeah, those are the first two. The next one, Richie Blackmore, um, been playing for the Kiwi since '91. He was a prize signing for the Warriors when they entered the comp in 1995. Um, came back and played came back midway through the season, I believe, only under 10 games uh, that year, Um, played throughout 96 for the Warriors, uh, then went back to England, Um, he was previously with Castleford, he went to Leeds, uh, had four years with Leeds, and then was recruited for that 2001 season, obviously the the breakout year for the club, and he was... uh, the centre in Daniel Anderson's first team for the first five rounds. Only played another few games for the club, though only eight appearances in that uh, breakthrough 2001 season for the Warriors um, and none of the finals games. But that was Richie Blackmore, end of his uh, fairly illustrious professional career, which also included 25 tests for the Kiwis. Uh, Next one on our list, Logan Swan. yeah, a bit of a, I guess a back row prodigy. Um, he played for the Kiwis before he'd even um, made his made his uh, premiership debut for the Warriors, which came along uh, early or well, the first round in nineteen ninety seven. Was a mainstay for the club and and for the Kiwis at lock. Um, played right through to the end of two thousand and three. So he was in that grand final team in in two thousand and two. Um, and that finals campaign the next year before heading over to uh, Bradford. And then Warrington um, came back in 2007 for the Warriors. She played uh, just a a couple of games in two seasons for the Warriors in 2007-2008, although probably uh, predominantly remembered, unfortunately, for bombing a try against Parramatta in that qualifying final at Mount Smart, which uh, cost them the game but uh, left the left the club with 195 appearances overall across the two stints. Um, and yeah, certainly a club great. Um, next one on the list here is um, Ignatius... Uh, no, who we got? Tommy Lillowai. Um Yeah, really two distinctive stints and two stints of Wigan, which uh, prob- arguably brought him more success. Um, he was outstanding for them. He was an... Uh, was he 17-year-old debutant for the Warriors? Uh, came and partnered Stacey Jones, playing in in finals matches at at 18. Uh, test debut for the Kiwis at 18. Um, to, 2004 didn't go quite as well. Only the nine games, and he uh, headed over to England. A couple of years with uh, London, and then a long, long stint with uh, with Wigan. Um, six seasons over there, Grand Finals, Challenge Cups. Came back to Auckland. Played for the Warriors for four seasons, um, a hooker or or halfback, um, but played every game at 5'8", alongside Sean Johnson in that twenty thirteen season that he came back. Next few years were fairly injury hampered for uh, for Tommy, um, and he left at the end of uh, twenty sixteen. Again, he mostly played 5'8", that season, uh, following Chad Chad Townsend's departure. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, fondly remembered by Warriors fans everywhere. And then headed back to Wigan, another six seasons for them and more trophy success. He actually ended up with uh, over 300 games for Wigan, which is pretty impressive given he uh, had 80 games in total for the Warriors and, uh, and another 40 for, for uh, London. Uh, next on our list here, Ignatius Parsi. Um, yeah, I think he one-gamer. Initially for the Warriors, just bring up his stats here. Um, yeah, just the one game in in 2014 off the bench, um, and a loss to Brisbane at Suncorp. Uh, Snapped up by the Gold Coast, and that's kind of where he made his uh, made his break there. 50 over 50 games for the Titans, including a, a key role in the in the team that made the finals in 2016, while the Warriors were still languishing. Came back in 2018 and played an underrated role in, in a team that made the finals for the first time in seven years. Uh, started it. Couldn't get into the team in the first couple of rounds. Then had uh, a game at lock and then was a permanent fixture in the, the front row. Probably, yeah, should be remembered, I guess, a bit highly, more highly in, uh, in Warriors history. Um, and a mainstay in, in 2019. Um, and then six games off the bench during that uh that very trying twenty twenty season and uh I believe he headed back over to New Zealand midway through that year along with a couple of other a couple of other guys. I uh, went to St Helens where he still is uh this season at the age of thirty two. But yeah, favorite of mine, old um Ignatius. Um next one, another one gamer who came back to play a few seasons. Lisa uh, just that a couple of games in 2009, Um, went to North Queensland for a couple of years, long, long stint at St. George-Olawarra, 144 games. Uh, He cracked the New Zealand team in the last year of his uh, his seven seasons at St. George-Olawarra and played a a handful of tests over a couple of years for New Zealand. He was already a Samoa representative, Uh, nine tests for the Kiwis actually. Came back to the Warriors in 2019, played every game um for a pretty disappointing side. Only a couple of games in twenty twenty. Um didn't come back after the, the COVID uh, interruption there. And um yeah then eighteen games in twenty twenty one which was the end of his professional career uh for Lisa out, Chad Townsend now a bit of an odd um bit of an odd to Stinter, old Chad. Um him and his magnificent hair uh started out at Cronulla, couldn't really cement a, a spot there led uh, the club to the uh, lower grade premierships um and yeah great clubman, local junior as well born in karen Bar down there on in that uh, southern sydney area uh but yeah couldn't really forge a permanent place uh which he did at the warriors over the 2014-15 seasons um sean johnson's preferred partner for most of those two years Went back to Granola, won a premiership. He was there, uh, won a premiership his first year back alongside James Maloney. Uh, He was there till the end of, or midway through 2021. He'd already signed that monster deal with the Cowboys. Uh, The Warriors obviously needing a bit of um, bolstering there. Uh, Made the, I guess, bizarre choice to come over here in July. Played another five games. Um, Another one, well, probably unfortunately I remembered for uh for a bit of a brain fade Kicked a field goal uh when the warriors were up by i think eight and then uh, yeah War- and then St George of the Warra, um came came back and won in golden point um yeah but disappointed was carrying it bit of an injury chad uh, has gone on to have a better time of it up in North Queensland over the last couple of years. And last on our list, uh, besides, obviously, Roger and, and Chanel about to uh, to join them, um, Chancellor Kloestad now obviously made his name initially at the Raiders, but he did play seven games for the Warriors in 2017, scored seven tries, uh, starred for the New South Wales Cup team, but couldn't quite crack it for a regular spot. Um, yeah, no games at all in 2018. Signed with the Raiders, and yeah, what a breakout year! Made a grand finals first year, 2019, at Canberra. Um, but yeah, gutsy competitor, obviously, as we've seen for the Warriors last year, and um kind of faded out of of favour there in 21, 22. Xavier Savage emerged, had a few injury problems, uh, snapped up by the Warriors. I think everyone was pretty happy to have him back, but no one quite foresaw what uh he would produce for us so yeah what a homecoming it's been a few others worth mentioning uh, james gavett uh played juniors at the warriors Lingi sao peter hicko Maranta Nukore, all played in the nyc and uh didn't go into first grade at the warriors had uh, fine careers elsewhere and then have uh, obviously returned to have uh, stints of varying success at the warriors and ali lautiti as well warriors all-time great uh, left in fairly acrimonious circumstances in 2004, went on to have a very, very long career at uh, in the Super League, uh, came back and made as far as New South Wales Cup in 2018. But uh, yeah, everyone lives, loves Big Ali still. Um, and yeah, that's it, all the two stint warriors. So thanks for sitting through this 30 for 30 with me. Uh, we'll come back with, uh, with another one next time around, next week. And uh, until then, thanks to King's Container Crew, all our patrons, everyone for listening, and uh, enjoy the first trial on Sunday.